The year was 1925. The place was vaudeville. And Sophie Tucker was making famous the song, My Yiddish Mama, My Jewish Mother. By 1928, it was a top five American hit. And since tomorrow is Mother's Day, I thought it would be good for us to listen to this Jewish oldie but goodie. So play it again, Sam. Of things I should be thankful for, I've had a goodly share. And as I sit in the comfort of a cozy chair. My fancy takes me to a humble east side tenement. Three flights in the rear to where my childhood days were spent. It wasn't much like paradise, but amid the dirt and Isn't a beautiful song? This song touched the hearts of Jews around the world because a mother's love is a reflection of God's love in Judaism. In our sermon today, I would like to talk about a mother's love. And I have three points. First, mothers are gifts from God. Second, the Bible has a lot to say about mothers. And thirdly, 
God bless our mothers. Let's begin with n number one. Mothers are gifts from God. One thing that we all have in common is that we all have mothers. Hashem gave us mothers so that we might be born into this world and be cared for by our mothers. My mom once said to me that one of the happiest times in her life was after I was born, and she was able to hold me tight in her arms and speak to me for long periods of time. That really touched me when she shared that with me. The other day I was taking a walk around a lake near my house, and I saw a robin carrying a worm back to its nest to feed its young. Mothers are gifts from God. There is a Jewish proverb that says, God could not be everywhere, and therefore he created mothers. In other words, mothers are God's representatives who care for us and provide for our needs. How do they take care of us? They have compassion on us. There is a Yiddish saying that goes like this, Mirzol Zain Fardir Mein Kind. I wish that I could have the pain instead of you, my child. Mothers instruct us. There is a Yiddish saying that one mother achieves more than a hundred teachers. Mothers understand us. There is a Yiddish saying, there's a Yiddish saying for everything. There's a Yiddish saying that a mother understands what a child does not say. Mothers cook for us. Sam Levinson once said, quote, My mother used to buy one pound of meat and make three pounds of hamburgers. You know how? We had a slogan in our house. It said, old rolls never die. Everything went into a hamburger. After a while, my mother learned to make chopped meat completely without meat. And I liked it that way, unquote. Mothers sacrifice for us so that we can enjoy life. In her, in her book, My Mother's Kitchen, Mimi Sheraton writes, quote, By the time she served herself, those who had been fed earliest were ready for seconds. My vision of my mother eating at those happy, noisy, groaning boards is of a woman jumping up and sitting down, biting off bits that she chewed on the run to the kitchen to get more for the rest of us, a woman whose plate always seemed to contain what looked like trimmings and odd pieces and quarter portions, who finished what others left, unquote. In the book, How to Be a Jewish Mother, a very lovely training manual, a book that I received from my mother, <laughs> Dan Greenberg lists what he calls seven basic sacrifices to make for your child. The first is stay up all night to prepare him a big breakfast. Second, go without lunch so you can put an extra apple in his lunch pail. Third, give up an evening of work with a charitable institution so that he can have the car on a date. Fourth, 
tolerate the girl he's dating. Fifth, don't let him know you fainted twice in the supermarket from fatigue, but make sure he knows you're not letting him know. <laughs> Sixth, when he comes home from the dentist, take over his, tooth his toothache for him. And seventh, open his bedroom window wider so he can have more fresh air and close your own so you don't use up the supply. Greenberg goes on to write, quote, now that you have familiarized yourself with the basic techniques, you may proceed to apply this knowledge in the important area of food distribution. Just as Mother Nature abhors a vacuum, the Jewish mother abhors an empty mouth. It shall therefore be your purpose as a Jewish mother to fill every mouth you can reach with nourishing food." Unquote. My point is that Jewish mothers and all mothers are gifts from God, who have it as their mission from God to bring us into this world, to care for us, and to help us grow to maturity in every area of life. But most importantly, in being filled and overflowing with God's love. Not all of us felt the love growing up. But this does not diminish the fact that mothers are gifts from God. And this brings us to my second point, which is that the Bible has a lot to say about mothers. In Genesis, we are told that we all have a common mother. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20 states, Adam named his wife Chava, Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. According to the scriptures, part of our job as children is to bring joy to our mothers. We are told in Proverbs 23, verse 25. Let's all say this together. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. We are all familiar with Proverbs 31 and how that passage teaches husbands how to praise their wives. What many of us may not have noticed, however, is that the chapter, Proverbs 31, begins with the words in Proverbs 31, verses 1 through 2, the sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle his mother taught him. O oh, my son, O oh, son of my womb, O oh, son of my vows. Lemuel means belonging to God. Our rabbis have conjectured that the king who belongs to God in Proverbs 31 is no other than Hamelech Shlomo, that is, King Solomon, and that Proverbs 31 is an oracle that his mother Bathsheba shared with him. In other words, in Proverbs 31, Solomon is echoing Bathsheba's teachings when he describes the wife and mother of noble character. 
For example, he states in Proverbs 31, verses 21 through 28, a text that I recite every Friday night over Harumi in the Rudolph household, which states, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her, what? Blessed, that's right. At which point in our house, Miriam says on Friday night to my Harumi, blessed. The scripture teaches us that we are to bless our mothers. After hearing this teaching from his mother, King Solomon must have blessed Bathsheba. We will return to this point shortly. In the Breed Chadashah, we are told about how Miriam, the mother of Yeshua, was a devoted mother who fled to Egypt to protect her child. When she dedicated her son to the Lord in the holy temple in Jerusalem, a prophet named Shimon came up to her and told her what it would be like raising this child. We are told in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 through 35, Then Shimon blessed them and said to Miriam, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. What does it mean that a sword would pierce this Jewish mother's soul? Shimon was referring to the fact that Miriam was destined to witness the crucifixion of her firstborn, the one she gave everything to, the child she desperately tried to protect. We are told in Yochanan's Besora, his, his gospel, John's gospel, that one of Yeshua's last acts before he died was to bless his Yiddish mama by making sure that she would be taken care of. We are told in John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Yeshua were his mother, and his mother's sister, Miriam, the wife of Kelopha, and Miriam from Magdala. When Yeshua saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that is, Yochanan or John, standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her, that is, Yeshua's mother, into his own home. Yeshua was on the cross, being tortured and dying for the sins of the world, dying for your sins and my sins. But that did not keep him from taking the time to take care of his Yiddish mama. He was a good Jewish boy. And if Yeshua did this while laying down his life for our sins, kol vachomer, how much more are we, without excuse, 
to take the time to care for our mothers. Let me just say that again. If Yeshua did this while laying down his life for our sins, kol vachomer, how much more are we without excuse to take the time to care for our mothers? Another Messianic Jewish mother mentioned in the Brit Chadashah is Eunice, the mother of Timothy. Eunice was a model mother because she passed down her faith in Hashem and her faith in Israel's Messiah, Yeshua, to her son, Timothy. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says, he says to Timothy, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul also writes to Timothy two chapters later in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, where he says to Timothy, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Messiah Yeshua. How did Timothy know the Holy Scriptures from infancy? It is because his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois taught the Word of God to him from an early age. Lador Vador, from generation to generation. This is the ultimate mission of a Jewish mother and of all mothers who follow the God of Israel, to convey a spiritual inheritance to their children so they can pass this inheritance onto their children. And this brings us to my final point. God bless our mothers. Our job as children is to bless our mothers. Now, I realize that not all of us have had model mothers like Lois and Eunice. And that's okay, because most of us are not model sons and daughters. Right? <laughs> Everyone is on the learning curve. We can never know the extent of the challenges that our mothers faced or presently face. Only God knows. Our job, regardless of how much we feel or felt the love of our mothers, is to bless our mothers. That is part of the culture of honor that God teaches us to uphold in his word. And by the way, I am preaching to myself first and foremost. As an example of a child who blessed his mother, our rabbis point to the example of Rabbi Tarfan, who was an associate of Rabbi Akiva's. The Talmud tells us in Tractate Kiddushin 31b that whenever Rabbi Tarfan's mother wished to get into bed, he would bend down and let her step on his back to ease her ascent. 
And he did it likewise when she wished to get out of bed. Similarly, our job as children is to look for ways to bless our mothers. If our mothers have passed away, we can thank the Lord for them and try to remember specific ways that they filled our cups with the love of God. If our mothers are still with us, we have precious opportunities to be like Rabbi Tarfan and to show sacrificial love to our mothers in response to God's love that we have received from them. This Mother's Day, tomorrow, let us recommit ourselves to blessing our mothers. Today we have talked about a mother's love, and I had three points. First, mothers are gifts from God. Second, the Bible has a lot to say about mothers. And third, God bless our mothers. And on this last point, I would like to ask all of our mothers to stand so we can pray for you and bless you. Lloyd? <laughs>